0: the Beatles song released just minutes ago look everything the Beatles did wasn't magnificent many of the Beatles hits were magnificent and groundbreaking but Um, Yeah, I was just looking earlier at the texts. A number of you as music critics (laughs) are not weighing in kindly. Uh, This apparently through uh, technology, being able to uh, peel out the John Lennon uh, vocals on a Beatles song that was badly mixed many, many years ago. Of course, John Lennon, uh, you will remember, uh, assassinated... 43 years ago, every December, yeah, I always just take a pause because it was one of those remember where you were moments in 1980. Gosh, I'm John Gormley. Good to have you here today. Gosh, do we have a show lineup. Bugs Day, the hour of rage, which, of course, we do every single Thursday, 9 o'clock. My list of things bugging us around here today is compendious. But it's all about you. So we'll go to the phones, go to the texts. Uh, We're also going to chat uh, with a guy we're going to meet named Dr. Jeff Wilkinson. This is an intriguing story. He's a cardiologist who has turned his practice in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, to fully private. A lot of people don't know. The Canada Health Act precludes doctors from blending private and public. I mean, you can't take money from Medicare and charge people on top. But you have the right, as any professional, to offer your services if people are prepared to pay for them in full. What led Dr. Jeff to this? You'll meet him here at 10 o'clock. It's a fascinating conversation. And a little bit later, Jack Decker, uh, founder of a group called Northern Light Alliance, uh, a dad in Calgary, gay guy with kids. He says, I draw the line as a parent on Any school or trans activist who would keep me in the dark. And he says the sexualization of children, especially in middle school, at the hands of activists, has got to end. And he and a number of other gay parents around the country have formed this group called the Northern Light Alliance. You're going to meet Jack Decker here. Okay, so let's get down to business today. Really, what we've all been talking about, and for uh, days now, the ultimatum delivered by Premier Scott Moe, and then he was here on the show elaborating. First question I asked Premier, is this legal, requiring Sask Energy as of January the 1st not to collect or remit to Ottawa the federal carbon tax? He said, likely not. And then he explained why they're going ahead with it. In terms of the Canadian Federation, this is a very interesting development. Brinksmanship, to be sure. But a lot of you have asked the question, what are the rules in Ottawa's carbon tax or pollution pricing legislation that mandates the remittance of the carbon tax to Ottawa? And if a company, albeit A government-owned crown corporation, but still a company, refuses to charge or pass along the carbon tax. What can happen? Next door at the redoubtable University of Alberta, faculty of law. I actually used to do some coaching of moots years ago when I was practicing in Edmonton. Gerard Kennedy, law prof at the U of A, and we find him in Edmonton today. Uh, Gerard, thanks so much for taking our call. Good to meet you. Uh, My pleasure to be here. Uh, Tell me a little about uh, the legislative framework of uh, Ottawa's ability to charge the carbon tax.
1: Well, the Greenhouse greenhouse Gas Pollution Pricing Act is a complicated combination of a statute as well as a bunch of regulations that prescribe how the carbon tax is to be remitted uh, to the federal government unless the federal government has chosen to defer to a provincial scheme. Um, and it would oblige an entity such as Sask Energy to remit the tax to the federal government. And there are various enforcement mechanisms to incentivize Sask Energy to do so, they haven't been tested to date, so we have yet to witness how this is going to work in practice. But it essentially imposes huge um, liability in terms of fines, as well as theoretically jail time um, for Sask Energy as well as its officers and directors if it fails to remit the carbon tax, as of, and it actually doesn't remit the carbon tax
0: the constitutional landscape of course is interesting because the reference uh, that went to the supreme court uh, decided under peace order good government and other constitutional doctrines the ability of ottawa to move into the field of regulating uh, issues related to climate change the taxing ability particularly of a crown corporation as you say that hasn't been uh, const- hasn't been legally dealt with does that open some constitutional issues up it, it's possible it could. It's, it's
1: not likely, but it's possible. Generally speaking, uh, provinces can set prices on goods, but the Supreme Court in the uh, carbon tax references held that the federal legislation is valid under the Peace Order and Good Government Clause. That means that insofar as the provincial law and the federal law conflict, that the federal legislation would trump, and Sask Energy will have to remit the carbon tax. There are arguments Saskatchewan still could make. They'd be an uphill battle, but they're not fanciful. Saskatchewan could argue that the particular regulation goes too far in stepping on provincial government power. The Supreme Court didn't conclusively decide under which circumstances that would be the case in the references. I think it's that's gonna be a hard argument Saskatchewan to make, but it's not impossible. They could also argue that as a matter of administrative discretion, that it was just fundamentally unreasonable for the federal government to give this break uh, on heating oil, which disproportionately affects Atlantic Canada and not on much cleaner natural gas. The federal government has a reason. We can query whether it's the real reason that infrastructure involving heating oil takes longer to replace uh, and natural gas is more efficient and therefore less expensive. That's arguably not a great reason, but Saskatchewan could challenge it as just being a fundamentally unreasonable um, exercise of discretion at the end of the day though i think we're going to have to get some sort of resolution cuz Sask Energy is probably in an impossible position where it's being told to do something by the provincial government which normally lawfully regulates it and something different by the federal government which in this case is likely to be paramount and it Poses a real problem for Sask Energy and its officers and directors,
0: Professor Gerard Kennedy, law prof at the U of A next door. So the the shareholder of Sask Energy is a thing called the Crown Investments Corporation, which of course yeah. is wholly owned by the provincial government. Uh, the shareholders appoint the directors. I asked Premier Mo in our interview as well. Uh, maybe you could replace the board with yourself and the cabinet, and you could all offer yourselves for jail. Uh, he, he laughed and said, "I think we'll indemnify the directors and the officers so what potentially gerard if this was a straight up dispute i'm a company not remitting uh, to ottawa what can happen
1: oh well basically you're going to get a massive fine from the federal government and theoretically the uh, officers and directors uh, could be imprisoned i kind of doubt it will come to that but um as far as the fine is concerned uh like any other private entity it's it will Uh, be leveled against it and then the feds will have to go about enforcing it which it will likely do through Revenue Canada. but it's uh, the CRA it's hard to know entirely for sure because we haven't been through this before. Um, As for the notion that the government will indemnify them well that might very well do that that will mean it will ultimately be Saskatchewan taxpayers who will end up footing the fine um, which is probably fairer than having the officers and directors personally liable. But uh, that will, uh, it will mean that Saskatchewan will have to really put its money where its mouth is, um, even if they have some legitimate grievances, but what the feds have done in recent days.
0: Professor Gerard Kennedy, before I let you go, this is clearly uh, a question that transcends uh, constitutional law issues. It transcends even the carbon tax. This is a political standoff. Uh, Who do you think blinks?
1: That I'm going to leave to the place of scientists. It's, it's clear that they are in, as you say, in a standoff, in a bit of a duel, and Sask Energy could end up a, uh, a casualty on the dueling field. Uh, but someone's probably going to blink, or else we're probably going to have to go to court.
0: Good meeting you today. Thanks so much for the update.
1: My absolute pleasure. Take care.
0: Gerard Kennedy, law prof, U of A next door, uh, giving you a sense. Of what could happen, there are, as he says, uh, some uh, legal avenues, uh, some remote for Saskatchewan to defend what it's doing, uh, others for Ottawa to assert, and in some cases remote as well. So a lot of this is a question that transcends law. This is the Saskatchewan government saying the prime minister intentionally applied the carbon tax differentially. He singled one part of the country out. He's now arguing that it's all about heating oil and it's this and it's that. Well, what it's about is 32 seats. The Liberals hold 24 of now. They used to hold 32 of. Polls say if an election were held today, they would have eight of those 32 seats maximum. Uh, That's really what's at issue here. So we continue to watch and we'll get updates in the next day. We're going to chat. Let's look for uh, Bronwyn Ayer, Saskatchewan's justice minister. How do you square breaking the law? We'll put that question uh, to the Minister of Justice. I think we've got her coming up here tomorrow. Ahead here, though, we have a ton of things to talk about this morning. You know, it's one thing, and this is coming up in the 10 o'clock hour. It's one thing when a high-profile former politician who is a conservative writes a blistering op-ed piece saying, Justin Trudeau must go now. Of course he thinks that. How about a prominent liberal who sits in the Senate and was chief of staff to Jean Chrétien when he says Justin Trudeau must go now? That's got the political classes chattering today. And as somebody who chatters a lot about politics, we'll be getting into it here. I'm Gormley. This is 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. to have you here bugs day the hour of rage coming up here in moments and uh, still uh, some details to come and it'll be uh, quite a bit yet as you know uh, in Saskatchewan the serious incident response team uh, which is called in anytime there is a serious injury or death involving the police uh, this of course yesterday morning at Estevan police headquarters in the processing area And uh, we are told there was uh, a shooting involved. Uh, A police officer seriously injured while processing a suspect. Uh, The suspect injured as well, both airlifted to Regina by Starz Air Ambulance. We're told the officer is in stable condition. And uh, no risk to the public now. So CERT, the uh, Serious Incident Response Team, will be reporting in due course. Not much coming out of the police department involved or the RCMP who are investigating or nearby uh, Weyburn police. But uh, that was a very tense day yesterday. And we're hoping, obviously, as the investigation rolls out, we get closer to knowing something. Uh, Okay, so let's just do quickly, before Bugs Day, the Hour of Rage, the update. Over three weeks ago, Israel declared war on Hamas. And this followed the Hamas attacks in 22 locations in Israel, slaughtering over 1,400 people, taking 220 hostages. Uh, The ground attack seems now to be well underway. It began Friday, uh, and now Israeli tanks and troops that went in Friday are now starting to move in uh, with uh, an encircling into uh, Gaza City, particularly uh, areas of North Gaza. Uh, they are going street by street, tunnel by tunnel, and the plan is to go, of course, and specifically route out any Hamas fighters, members, representatives, and to dispatch them. Uh, Military experts say this is dangerous. In fact, there have been Israeli military casualties in the last three days, and uh, the fighting is now getting very intense on the ground. Coming up, the latest from the News Center. And then, the phones and you on Bugs Day, because it's Thursday on 650-CKOM and 980-CJME.